0: The problem is, as we think of growth as this really steep line, that's the only kind of growth there is. And that is great, like more power to you. But I promise you, people who grow like that, their teams are exhausted, their systems Mm -hmm. are creaking, and at some point they are going to have to stop and have that optimization phase. Welcome to the Online Creator Podcast.
1: I'm your host, Kim Tradewell founder of May & James Co., a creative digital company. Building a brand is about human connection. I am here to help you articulate your story through strategy, development, and execution. I believe that anything is possible at any age and at any stage of business. The only limits we have are the ones that we place on ourselves. I want you to feel like you are supported, not alone, and that you are able to take action quickly. On this podcast, expect to hear interviews from a wide range of guest speakers, bite-sized solo episodes from myself, bingeable episodes that will give you insights, different perspectives, and actionable strategies to help you reach your goals personally and professionally. Now let's get into the show. In this episode of the Online Creator Podcast, I get the opportunity to speak with Diane. Diane Mayer is a business strategist who helps entrepreneurs build low-maintenance teams and high-performing businesses. With over a decade of experience in the finance world and corporate, Diane knows exactly how to take small businesses from decision fatigue and information overwhelm to confidently taking the right action in the right way with the right people for your business. As the host of Coffee and Converse podcast, she shares success strategies for life first entrepreneurs each week. I know you'll get so much out of this conversation. We speak on all things podcasting, how she has found her voice from corporate to this online space, and she shares valuable tips on her five pillar framework for sustainable growth that she uses with working with her clients. So please help me welcome
0: Diane to the show.
1: Hi, Diane. Thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while.
0: Hey, Kim. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes.
1: So the first question that I ask my guests is really just how have you leveraged your voice to better your business and your life? And maybe it's been a bit of a journey, I think for most of us it has been, but can you give us a little insight about how that's looked in your life?
0: Yeah, I think that's an interesting question. I was, as a, as a young child, like we're talking like sub the age of 10, I was painfully shy, which anybody who knows me who's listening to this has just fallen off their chair. right? Incredibly like hide behind mom's legs, super introverted, just happy doing my own thing, wouldn't say boo to a goose. There must have been something that happened. I can't remember it. But I basically, once I started talking, have never shut up. And honestly, I think that's a good thing because I come from a long corporate background in a very male-dominated environment Mm -hmm. where you not only had to have your voice as a woman, but you had to have it and have it have. I can remember one of my managers, the first manager saying to me, you need to learn to command a room. You need to learn to have gravitas when you speak, to have that power behind what you're saying.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I think that was really eye-opening for me, and it carries through into everything else that I do. I think I enjoy making people laugh, so I'm fun, and there's stories, and you know I like to be funny, but at the core of everything that I do, when I'm using my voice, there's usually a point, mm-hmm. and there's usually something backing it up. And how that carried into business was it didn't for a while. So when I left corporate, I burnt out. It was really bad. Like I wanted nothing to do with my corporate career. I wanted to pretend it had never happened. It was all just this horrendous misery that I would be spending years in therapy talking about. It was awful. And I kind of lost my way a little bit. And one of the things I found that I struggled the most with was content. I just... I could write it, it would get 80% there and I just would not be able to hit publish on a blog. I would have all of these moments of like, oh, it's not 100% perfect, it needs a little bit more work and this and that and the next thing. And a friend of mine who's an amazing, has a content agency, she says to me, why don't you just speak your content and then use the transcript and write it into a blog? And I love that as an idea, if that works for you, more power to you. For me, I have a really low boredom threshold. So once I've talked about the thing, I don't really want to go edit the thing, Mm. you know? And that morphed from, okay, that's also not working into, well, why don't I have a podcast? Why don't I just speak? I get to do all the things that I do. I can be as funny as I want. I can be as serious as I want. I can teach. I can do it all kind of in my own style in a way that's really easy for me. I can plug in a microphone and I can talk and I'm done. And 200-ish episodes later, using my voice is at the core of my business, which it was when I was in corporates. But it just took me so long to recognize that that skill that I had learned, being in those meeting rooms full of men, where you had to be sharp and succinct, was actually training me for my podcast. Oh
1: my gosh, that's so, so good. I think there's just a few things in there that I'd like to kind of dig into a little bit. One of them, I think is just so powerful is when I work with clients and talk to them when they're first starting a podcast, one of the first things I say is I don't want you to read off of a script. I definitely want you to be thoughtful, though, and, you know, paying attention to who your listener is and what they're going to gain out of that. So I don't want you to ramble back and forth because people just honestly, I listen to podcasts because I want to listen to something mainly for education purposes right now, some for entertainment, but I I like when they are literally getting to the point. We are so busy. I don't want to write. So I think that's like brilliant that you brought that you recognize that and you brought that from your corporate life into your podcast because I think that's such a powerful tool to be able to move into that medium. The other piece is now that you have like 200 episodes under your belt, have you gone into like more repurposing into blog content from your podcast episodes? Or is that something that you're like, no, I'm good with just you know good jazz. Because I think, you know, that's an also another really important piece that you just spoke about is that you're using the power of your podcast as your content machine. Because I think a lot of us entrepreneurs get hung up on that content piece because it's so important and it's so powerful but yet what platform makes more sense that we're going to show up for so there's a couple things there I think that's like super powerful that you said that as well but yeah I'm just kind of interested to know what's your approach now when you think about blogging or talk about a way to repurpose all of that amazing content that you have
0: it's it's an interesting one for me so my kind of blog my podcast process is record the record the podcast mm-hmm show notes show notes drive an instagram caption Mm -hmm. and often for a solo episode i will do something more like a carousel for a guest episode i'll do an audiogram style reel those are my kind of go-tos and then usually a slightly more serious version of the show notes for linkedin and on my show notes page of my website is the full transcript so it's there for all the seo right Have I gone so far as to go, oh, let me rewrite this as a blog? No. Would I? Part of me, I get the rationale for doing it. But I think a lot of what I produce in my business is audio content related. So if people are naturally readers, I'm not sure they're going to enjoy the experience of working with me as much as people who are audio people. Yeah. So... I'm torn between it. I don't think it would hurt me to have a few keystone kind of, and not keystone, capstone, keystone. Anyway, core pieces of content from the podcast. So actual thought out kind of like blogs or slightly longer like article styles, which is something I'm thinking about, but not connected to the podcast. I like my solo podcast episodes to be short and sharp. They're usually five to 10 minutes. It's I'm going to get in. I'm going to teach, I'm going to get to the point, and then I'm going to get out and let you get on with your day. So I don't really want to turn that then into a 500-word blog that someone has to read through. What I am adding, and still very, you know, this is January, so still playing around with this, is adding some video to the podcast this year. Mostly, I don't think it's going to become a whole video podcast. I think it will be more for repurposing for social media and and things like that. So it'll give me a slightly bigger expanse of social media style posting. But no, I'm not one of the people who then blogs the podcast episode. No. What I wow. did last week or recently, depending on when this is, is I created a training that I wanted to have on my website and I actually podcasted the training. So I did it these are the points I want to get through and I did it raw on my podcast and then added in the slides to make the video in connection to the podcast recording. Because I'm so much more natural. it's I'm very unnatural in a very strict webinar format. Right. So it's easier for me to go audio first and then add some pretty pictures to make it video. So that piece of content is then a separate piece of content that's on my website, but that came from my podcast. Ah, uh,
1: I love that. Okay. So we're going to kind of like lean into that right now you have a podcast a public podcast called Mm -hmm. coffee and converse let's talk about that first before we get into how you're using audio in so many different ways because i think people are still just like literally learning about private feeds so i think it's amazing how you've used it in different ways to really lean into that medium again because it's one that you're comfortable in one that you're showing back up for one that you get excited about still so I think that's super powerful. But um, has creating your own podcast, like what, what is the purpose behind your public podcast? Now that you have 200 episodes, are you using it for collaboration? For is it strictly content? Because I know you do a mix of guests and solo episodes. Can you mm-hmm. talk a little bit about, you know, has that changed since you started? Is it been pretty much true to how you started and you're continuing now? What does that look like?
0: So my podcast was always much more geared towards warm nurturing. So I wanted that content. I would assume that someone would find me through my network, which I work really hard on, or through social media, and then find the podcast as a way to get to know me. You know, we talk about how many touch points people need to have. Podcast is a really intimate touch point. Versus wanting to like rank in the top whatever podcast for discoverability. So it's more like a warm nurture for me, but it has also always had a very strong network correlation. So when it started, and I still think I must have been bananas to do this, I had two episodes a week, I think almost for the first full year, I did a solo episode on a Tuesday and a guest interview on a Thursday. That is a lot. It (laughs) was a lot. But I wanted to do all the guest interviews because I love the networking. I love the conversation. I love getting to meet people and find out new things. So that was really important for the podcast to be lighting me up. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if someone was new to me, were they really going to listen to a 40-minute interview? Right. Or were they more likely to try me out on a five-minute episode? So that was the thinking. And then after the first year, I sort of morphed it into only Thursdays and it was Mostly guest interviews and then the odd solo when I kind of came back into it. And 2023, I'm really trying to do two solos. So solo guest, solo guest is kind of my cadence at the moment. And I'm trying to split the guests between some of the pillars that, we, that I talked about from the training, but also from a more you as the CEO, things that would help you. So mindset, those sorts of things. And business conversations, but higher level business conversations. So that's kind of the, the cadence at the moment. I would say it's, it's, for me, I will often have people who I'm in a conversation with say to me, oh, I listen to your podcast, right? So once they meet me, they've got to know me and that's why they're meeting me. But I would definitely say it is probably my most powerful networking tool. So I am like... Getting close to 100 guests now. I look after my guests as much as I can. I do like annual like some kind of showcase thing. I've started doing mingles that are just for my podcast guests to meet each other. So it is a really key strategy for me because I do a high touch business. Yeah. So I'm not after cold leads. I would much rather have people who know me and can refer me and can suggest me than be chasing that ranking that's Mm going to bring in lots of leads that are going to buy like for example a course where they're not going to be connected to me
1: I love that I think that's such an an interesting point of view too because I get a lot of people asking like what what is my return of investment if I like literally put all this time and energy into a podcast what is it actually going to do for me Mm -hmm. and I think it's important to go back again to your why why are you starting whatever content platform or machine that you're using whether it's youtube videos whether it's blogging whether it is audio there's that important why piece that you need to be really thoughtful of and it can change and evolve and that's the other thing that i that i love about audio is that it can evolve with your business it can evolve with your uh, seasons of growth. It can evolve with your quarters. It, it really just needs to be part of your business plan, not just an aside. Because I always say if it's an aside, it's a hobby podcast and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you don't have like a plan to implement it into your whole foundation of what you're doing, then it really makes no sense. So I love that you you said that. I think there's so much more, not more power, but I, I believe in the power of what it's doing versus you know how many downloads you have you know like is it because that's like everybody's hung up on that oh i got five thousand downloads, and that's amazing that's amazing Mm -hmm. but it can be just as amazing if you have 10 amazing beautiful thoughtful speakers that are guests on your show that have really brought value to your listeners it it means a lot that you've created a bank of resource through audio that people that aren't even new or or that are new to your world can come and find you and learn and grow and, you know, want to work with you because of that. So there's so many different ROIs in starting a podcast. And I love that you said that because I think it's really powerful.
0: Yeah, I think people are very into, can I trace people from listening to my Mm -hmm. podcast onto my list into all those things and, you know, more power to you if that's you. I think having the downloads might be something you chase if you're looking to be a sponsored podcast, right? Like if your podcast is, you know, kind of designed to be its own revenue generator, right? But I think people often miss the ROI of you have got to spend an hour in a deep conversation with someone mm-hmm. about what they do, right? Like when was the last time you went to a dinner and for an hour everybody just cared about what you did? Didn't oh. want to tell you their story. Like you have just made someone feel so seen and so heard that you, after that point, with most guests, I'm not going to say it's all guests, but with most guests, you can ask for just about anything, Mm -hmm. you know, and I will often find my guests will come back to me and be like, Hey, we haven't connected for a while. How can I support you? And I think when you think ROI, I just like, let's say I've got a hundred guests. That's a hundred in my network. Mm -hmm of deep, hour-long coffee chats.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: But with your podcast, it's not like you're going onto LinkedIn and being like, hey, who wants to have a coffee chat? With your podcast, you've got to choose who those people are. Yes. And you have the ability to invite them to that chat because you're giving them a platform. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And you get to build that relationship. It doesn't feel like a, hey, can I pick your brain? You know, so you can go people who are steps ahead of you. Like I have moments where people who I have followed have pitched me to be on the podcast. And, and you have that moment of like, wow, I'm going to get to spend an hour with this person. So How exciting awesome. is that? Yeah. And so I think for me, it fulfills the content requirement, which I think is really important. That was my like baseline for doing it. But I think people really underestimate the ROI of the network, but also you have to You have to nurture that ROI of the network. You have to keep showing up for those guests beyond the podcast. You know, if you shared it once on social media, could I go back to the person two years later and say, hey, remember you on my podcast that one time? Probably not. Right. So it's finding that strategy that allows you to stay connected to that network and keep that in. There's there's
1: so much you can add on to your podcast, which is amazing and That's the other point that I was going to bring up is that you do have a really high touch business. So being able to have that reflect on your podcast guests, I think is really huge. And it's something that not a lot of people think about. You know, we're all busy, like, oh, we want to get as many interviews as we can. And I'm like, but it's not always about that. It's I really believe in the power of strategizing around your podcast and doing it on a regular basis so that you can keep evolving and growing with it. Because it can seem a little overwhelming to put everything like even like the repurposing stuff that we already talked about. Like, like, I'm, I'm glad that you were very truthful about like, listen, like, this is just what I'm doing right now, because this works. And my workflow is this. And and, and I love that because it doesn't have to be all the things. But how can you better it next quarter or next month? What can what little piece can you add on to your podcast or, you know, whether you're doing solos or whether you're doing all guests, like what piece will make you stand out? And the piece, Diane, that you do so beautifully, because I've been able to be part of some of your mingles with your past guests, is that you're continuing to let us know that you haven't forgotten about us, that you care. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's not just, oh, okay, I I need to fill the slot. It's way, way more than that. And you can genuinely tell when you're part of these amazing humans that you have invited onto your show and that you care enough about that you want to continue nurturing and and supporting us in some capacity. So I think that's brilliant. And I think that's something that everybody can take away is that what else can you do to add on that's not going to create another another job, but that's going to light you up? that's going to align with your values, that's going to support what you're doing and showcase who you are as a human, as a business owner, and how you like like working with clients. Because really, that really does showcase the amount of care that you give.
0: Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I think, though, like one of the things that I want to highlight for people is the reason that I'm able to do that, mm-hmm. the reason that I can throw all of my podcast guests into a room with each other and all I hear afterwards is how nice everybody else was is because I have been so protective of my show from the first episode,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? There are very few episodes where I look at and think, mm, not sure, sure that not. was a good fit, <laughs> right? So I get pitched all the time and I am, you know, it's, it's weird. Once you go over 50 episodes, you start getting pitched. Once you go over 100 episodes. Once you get over 150, it's wow. bedlam. All yeah. the agencies have found you at that point. Wow. And I say no most of the time. And even when I'm saying yes, I'm often pushing back on the person and saying, I need you to elevate this topic. How could we make this applicable to my audience? So even the people who get on, I've pushed them to make sure that they can speak at the level that my, of my audience which is also kind of my guests level. Mm-hmm. And that's why they connect really well. But the only reason that I can do that is because that has been a priority for me. So knowing not only why you're doing a podcast, knowing who you're doing a podcast for, but knowing what your podcast is going to stand for yes, from episode one is so vital. And for yeah. me, if somebody says hustle, they're out. Yeah. yeah you know it's yes yes. so it's again aligning with your values
1: and and who you are and and all of those good important things that we need to keep going back to and being really thoughtful about moving forward in our business yeah I I love that I respect that and then I can't stress that enough don't say yes to everyone be and and I always find that interesting that that piece of finding guests for clients I actually uh really believe in the power of You know, I could maybe find because really working with whoever you're working with, whether you're doing it solo or whether you're hiring or outsourcing for support for your podcast, really be working and aligning with that person as well, because I could find as many guests as I want. But if I'm not aligning with their values, it makes no sense. So that's the other piece too. like really make sure that whoever you're partnering with in your business understands those levels as well and those values.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, if you have a blog, you're generally not quoting anyone else. Right. But if you have a podcast and you have a guest on that mm-hmm. podcast, Good you are point. judged by the company that you keep. Yes. In a way that people who blog are not.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Or people who have solo shows are mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. So being really mindful of that and actually like researching your guest beyond how many followers do they have is so important. Yep. Also for the quality of the interview. If you don't want to interview this person, if you're not interested in their topic, right. your guests, like your audience, are going to be bored as well. Mm-hmm. My some of my favorite podcast episodes are, are ones where I actually didn't agree with the person.
1: I love having us because I'm kind of like convince
0: me, like go yes. on, you, you, you've got an hour, convince me. Yeah. by convincing me, you'll convince all my listeners. Yeah. You know, and I'm not hostile, but I'll nope. fairly openly say, mm, I don't know.
1: Yep. I love those are like the best table conversations. Honestly, we have some good friends that I don't, we don't agree. We're very both like polar opposites. But those are the best conversations. You know, I look forward to those dinner dates and coffee chats because they challenge me and that's what I want. Right. And I want my listeners to be challenged to think about different opinions and different thoughts because that's how we grow. So I love that. How else have you used private audio feeds in your business? Because I know you've been super creative with it and I would love for the listeners to hear kind of some different ways that you've used it and, and how, you know, what kind of feedback you're getting.
0: Mm -hmm. So I would say, okay, if like, if it can be audio, I've done it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the whatever, but make it fashion for me, it's whatever, but make it audio. I have client calls or any mastermind-led calls, i love to share that as a podcast recording. I don't really believe that anybody is sitting down to watch your 60-minute Zoom recording, but they will listen on a podcast, you know, when they're walking or whatever, and they'll come back with questions. So I love that one. I think that one's great. I have used it as a lead magnet, you know, creating like a mini podcast or a mini course that's pure audio. I've used it in conjunction with my podcast. So I've published the first episode on my public podcast. And then the remainder of the series is on my private podcast. Ooh, I love that one too. Right. How else have I used? Oh gosh, like if I can think of, I, I really like it as a, as a course and as a lead magnet. Those are my mm-hmm. go-tos. And honestly, if I put something in words, there's normally an audio option of it. I think one of my favorite things that I don't have on my website at the moment is that my friend Meike Singh did, which I thought was genius. And so I will share it just because it's such a good oh. idea. Is she has an audio version of her sales page. Oh, so So yes. there's an audio version. So you can read the sales page or she'll read it to you. I've definitely done it with email sequences mm-hmm. as well, where you can have the audio version of it. i trying to think what else I've used it for. Masterclasses. Like I said, I wanted to do this training. That was a podcast episode that then became... A video versus the other way around where I think a lot of people yeah. for me like often audio is my starting point yes so often it's I want to teach this thing I'm going to speak it out and then I'll turn it into whatever asset even if I'm doing a pdf I'll be like here's a private podcast that goes with it that explains to you how to use it mm-hmm. but I'll do the private podcast first and then I'll build the checklist or whatever off the back of it Do
1: you look at your analytics then? Is that something that you lean into before you decide what you're going to kind of dive deeper into? Like, let's say you've done so many uh, episodes on a certain topic and then that's where you're like that one idea where you were like, I'm going to like do the rest on a private feed and they're going to have to like opt in if they want to listen to the rest. Is that something that you've kind of like look back to see? Oh, yeah, no, there's a lot of interest here. Or is that just something that aligns with what you're talking about in that season?
0: Yeah, it's kind of both. It'll be something that I know lands for people. So the most recent one I did was like a decision framework. And I was finding towards the end of last year, people were really struggling with how to make a good decision. And I wanted it to go beyond cost benefit. But there's a lot of actual stuff behind how we make decisions. And so I created it as a, a private podcast that had like a mini graphic that went with it. And then I was like, oh, this is interesting. Actually, the first introduction is kind of a standalone episode. So that could live on my public podcast. So yes, totally I have done sense. public podcasts on making decisions, mm-hmm. that have been well received. But I've also done like masterclasses and people's programs on it and things like that. So I'm always looking for like what am I hearing people asking about?
1: Yeah, yes, versus yeah. Versus
0: necessarily like because I don't think I've done a decision episode on the public podcast for like probably at least a year. You know, I'm not trying to like repeat too much on on my solo episodes. But I knew it was a topic that was coming up all the time. But you can also bring a different
1: perspective to that topic too, right? Depending on where people are at yes. and what you're hearing, and you can lean into that a little bit deeper or a different way, which I think is like not something that everybody thinks about, right? Like, oh, okay, well, when I'm done my, you know, my top core content pieces, then what? You know? Oh yeah,
0: no, I will go. Yeah. I mean, I'm like 200 episodes in. People yeah. who are listening now who have joined. Have not gone back to episode one. Sometimes I like to go back to my old episodes and just like to like listen to them and have a real good chuckle with myself at like how adorable I was. Right. Like, you know, like, oh, that's so cute that you thought that like two years ago. How sweet (laughs) are you? That is one other thing that I do use private podcasts for is I keep my public podcast solo episodes in a private podcast. Okay. So that I can like re listen to them to see yeah. if there's something that I want to pull out of them without having to like fast forward through guest episodes and, yes. and all sorts of things like that. I will also say if you have a course and you don't have audio in it, you should go and put audio in it immediately. I it's a deciding agree. factor for me if I buy it or not. So and I'm everything of that mine, more and more. Mm-hmm. everything of mine always has an audio component, and often the audio component came first. Ah. Because it's
1: but because you have leaned into that piece and you know that that's that comes more naturally. And I think I'm the same way. Like I have tried to do a blog post from the cursors just blinking at me and I'm like, what's what's happening? And then don't get me started with video because it's just not my natural go to. But having a conversation and having a normal like flow just like this way, it just works and always has for me because I would say, I was always the quieter person, but you get me in a room with someone that I'm comfortable with and you can't shut me up too. So I think that's really an important piece is to lean into what feels comfortable. So you will keep showing up. So, so many good suggestions and ideas of how you can use private audio feed. Thank you so much for sharing that. Let's get into a little bit before we run out of time. What you do in business, Diane, is so important in uh, supporting business owners to really be able to look at what growth looks like in business and what sustainable growth looks like. And I know, I just listened to one of your recent podcasts on the five pillars of sustainable growth. And I think it's important, no matter what season of business, like whether we're in January or whether we're in like the second quarter, I think it's something that as entrepreneurs, even if like that number side or that business side isn't your, like, you know, something that you're brilliant at, How, I guess, can we just dive into a little bit about what you do first for clients to help support that piece? And then Mm -hmm. we'll get into a little bit more if, you know, someone's looking for support there. How do they
0: approach that? Sure, sure. So the five pillars is essentially the framework where I think about somebody's business. So if you came to me and went, Diane, I don't know what I'm doing in 2023 or at the end of 2022 and you went, oh, I don't know what's working. It's the five things that I would want to know in a very specific order.
2: Mm -hmm. The
0: first one is tell me about your work life, not your work life balance, like your work life. How does it feel to be at work? Because if you don't enjoy your business, everything else is just going to be harder. Mm -hmm. So we have to take it back to what is your vision for the business and how do we put you and that at the center of everything else? Mm -hmm. And then from there, people tend to set goals as Last year, times two. Last year, plus 20%, right? I spent a lot of time doing planning in my corporate career and monitoring plans and analyzing plans. That's a really bad way to do planning. I'm just going to put it out there for you, right? So for me, I would rather somebody took their vision, cast that out, and then went, where can I get to in a year, if you're a year person, or preferably 90 days, That is going to feel like I've moved significantly in the direction of that vision. So taking that first step and turning it into a goal that is inspiring to you, inspiring to your team, inspiring to people around you that you can then put a metric to, but not putting the metric first. Right. So kind of imagine you're on a road trip and this is the mile marker that says, you know, a hundred miles to go to your vision. Right. This is where people then get really excited because now they've got a goal. And they start running at the first opportunity they see to add something new to their business mm-hmm. to get to this increased revenue. Right. And what they skip is all the assets, all the stuff they already have in their business. Mm-hmm. Where I promise you, if I looked at their funnels, I would find at least one upsell that I could add. I would find one follow-up that you hadn't done. Mm-hmm. I could go look at your systems and realize you're spending a fortune on software that you don't use. Mm-hmm. All those sorts of things. like. We start looking outward when actually we can start with what's inside, which is a million times easier. It's hard to get a new customer. It's hard to launch a new offer. It's easy to look at a funnel and go, what could Mm -hmm. I do with this funnel? How could I tweak this?
1: Yeah.
0: Right. So Mm -hmm. really refining what you already have before you start chasing after squirrels, right? Mm -hmm. This is also going to stop everything breaking. Because when you run it 20 new things in a row, all of your systems are going to break. And at some point you have to slow down and be like, how can I just optimize everything that's happening? So once we've done all of that, then by all means, go look for opportunities. But the problem I see with small businesses with opportunities and new ideas is you're missing that kind of boardroom, Mm -hmm. right? So in a big business where you've got a new idea, you don't just get to run. And do the new right. idea. You have to convince every department. Oh, the finance exactly dude wants right. to know about the ROI. The COO wants to know how you plan to put this into the systems. The uh-huh. tech guy is telling you what reporting you can get. You know, the legal's going, oh, hang on, we don't have a contract. The right. problem with small businesses, we're so agile because it's just us. Uh-huh. But we're so unprotected because it's just us. Yes. And so we uh-huh. pick the idea that excites us. Mm -hmm. I just feel like it's the right one. My gut Mm -hmm. is telling me. And that's fine up until a point. But once you start hitting those upper six, seven figures, you have to start thinking through each of these ideas and finding the best opportunity. Yes, it has to excite you, but it doesn't have to be the one that's the most exciting and the shiniest that you do immediately in order for it to work. Yes. Right? Right. And then finally, the fifth pillar is team health. So once you've grown to a certain point, the only way to get bigger is to grow with your team. Right. And the problem is, is we are taught in small business land that the reason you hire is to get things off your plate. And mm-hmm. so we tend to treat our team sometimes a little bit like a dumping ground. Mm-hmm. And we offload tasks that we don't want to do. Instead of investing in that team, empowering that team, developing that team, to be able to contribute to the business and really free you up, right? They still need investment. They still need time. They still need development. And we can get into that feeling of like, well, I've paid you. Why aren't you doing all of this? Right. And I challenge you to think like, if your client said that to you, how would you feel? How motivated would you feel? How excited would you be to like get up and do work? And the sad thing is, is it pays such dividends, 3X revenue, 20% increases in profit. I think it's something like 38%, they're less likely to leave. So you don't have to replace a team member. Yes. This all has like massive impact on growth. I like to say it's like exponential. So like two to the power of three, it's like grow to the power of team health.
1: Oh my gosh. Like it's going to expand
0: your growth or it's going to limit your growth and you get to choose which of those it is. And, but I want to come back and say like, it's all about you at the center, Mm -hmm. right? So for me, one of my goals is not going to be, I'm going to do, I don't know, a live YouTube show. Video, not so much my jam. 90% of my goals are probably going to be around, how can I use more audio in my business? Mm -hmm. Where I'm refining things, I'm probably going to be looking for opportunities to add a bit of value by adding a little audio clip here and there. Mm -hmm. Where I'm looking at new opportunities, I am going to be looking at, does this work with my podcast? Does it work with what I've already done? If I bring team members on, it's going to be me thinking about, okay, probably somebody. I don't need a VA as much as I need a podcast specialist. Right? right, Because the same way a YouTuber needs like a video editor. Yes. And a video strategist, probably before they need a VA. Mm -hmm. Because that's such a key part of my business, that's where my team has to go. And then how do I develop them Mm -hmm. to be able to become strategic with me about my podcast? So it all comes back to like, who are you at the center of it? And my growth plan can't look the same as your growth plan. Right. And it's not about how many zeros can I add? It's about what is that vision
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and how am I going to get safely and sustainably Mm -hmm. versus burning out and just like collapsing?
1: I love that you followed that all up with that example of how it works in your business because- I think when you kind of go through those pillars, yeah, it's easy to, you know, riff off our goals. But the refining piece, I think a lot of people get hung up on because that's not as fun <laughs> to do, yeah. right? It's kind of like, oh, well, you got to clean out your linen closet or your pantry. But, uh, you know, do I really have to do it today? Like, it, it's just easy to put that off because it's running. It's not running as smoothly as it could be. But boy, when you get that cleaned up, that linen closet. Does it ever feel fantastic when you open the door and go, okay, I can like actually see what I have. I can, it it just works way more smoothly. So if you think about that in your business, it's the same thing. So I think you can also
0: empower your team to do that piece. yes. So this Mm -hmm. is the problem is we get to refine. When I say refine, I want you to have a plan to refine. So Mm -hmm. that doesn't have to be you that does that piece of it. You Mm -hmm. can move on to opportunity, but that piece can't be missed. And it's kind of like to carry on the cleaning the linen closet. You could clean your kid's bedroom a lot better than they could yeah but you could do the linen closet while they did their bedroom
1: that's exactly right but Mm -hmm. you
0: have to empower them and motivate them and convince them to do that the way you want it done right so it goes back to how are you connecting right that team comes into each of these elements with you
1: Uh, i love that If you're creating video or audio content for your online business, then you need to check out the platform Descript. Descript is an all-in-one audio and video editor that makes editing as easy as a Word doc. Upload media or record directly in Descript to instantly transcribe your file into text. Then tweak the text to directly edit your media clips. Edit out filler words such as um, ahs, and likes, and silent gaps with a single click record your screen and webcam for presentations and video messages, and edit out mistakes before hitting publish. Use pro editing features such as a non-destructive multi-track editing, live collaboration, auto-captioning, exports, and much more. To try this platform risk-free, check out the free plan at Descript.com or check out the link in the show notes. So as a solopreneur, if you have like a small team of maybe one or two, I, I also like that approach or that example of the boardroom. So because we wear all these different hats, right? But I think that's really important to remind ourselves. So even though we're agile, we still have to be thoughtful about our approach if and when we are ready to take on a new opportunity. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it might take us a little bit longer and that's OK, you know, don't Because I think it's hard to hold back some excitement in some new opportunities that we see that we could really jump on. But instead of just jumping on it super quickly, allow ourselves some time and some grace to be able to go through those stages to protect ourselves a little bit better, to maybe make sure we have the contracts in place and maybe make sure we have like the onboarding process in place or whatever we need to have in order to you know, kind of step into that new area a little bit more aligned with processes and all those good things that we need to have. So I think that's really important for us to think about as well.
0: The problem Uh, is, as we think of growth as this really steep line, that's the only kind of growth there is. And that is great, like more power to you. But I promise you, people who grow like that, their teams are exhausted, their systems Mm -hmm. are creaking, and at some point they are going to have to stop and have that optimization phase. So... You really do want to, even as the solopreneur, like you've still got a team, they're still helping you. Even if you are just a solopreneur, those first four stages still have to all be in place. But growth is over time. And we forget that over time. Like think about it. You don't become a better person overnight, but somehow your business is supposed to like 10x itself overnight. Mm -hmm. Like you as a person are probably not ready for your business to 10x itself. Yeah. I think it's
1: That's so so important. Yes. But I think it's also really hard because we see all these, you know, really like flashy people that are like 10xing super quickly. And so when we are slower growers in our business, like it's really difficult to not be like, oh, I'm not, I'm not succeeding or I'm not where I should be at this moment.
0: How do You you, don't see the team though. Yeah, You don't see the team. You don't don't see the 10 years before they became Mm -hmm. super successful. You don't see the failed attempts. Right, You don't see the support they have at home, like the house right. manager and <laughs> the pool that's guy right. and who's looking after their kids, whether that's the partner or the nanny or whatever. Like, you have no idea of what's going on in somebody else's life uh-huh. that enables them to do the thing that you're seeing. All you're seeing is what they're showing you. Yes, And their strategy that's got them there, great. Mm-hmm. Think about all the people who were amazing on Periscope yes you know it, it, things change all the time and maybe the next trend will be the thing that shoots you to stardom but if you keep trying to be somebody else yeah. you will 100% burn out I'll, I'll put money on it absolutely yeah so I, I think that's kind of the reality check and and it's funny mm-hmm. because sometimes you know I've been to a lot of events so I have friends who are like Bigish names that people yeah. know and stuff yeah and people will say stuff to me and I know some of the stuff that that happens behind the scenes mm-hmm. and so it's it, it really became super clear for me that like what you're seeing not because they're not being authentic or whatever but what are they supposed to do every time they have a success tell you about the 10 years that were really hard right so if you weren't following them in the 10 years that were really hard you have nothing to contrast it with So growth is slow and steady, tortoise and hare, tortoise and hare.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes. I love that. And the other powerful piece that you talked about was when you, I I think it's just really important when you are looking at outsourcing and hiring, maybe your first hire or somebody else in your business to really align with your values and, and help support you that I think it's really powerful to look at hiring somebody that is excited about that area of expertise too because if they're not excited about showing up they're not going to do a great job and then you're just going to get frustrated and you're going to be at square one again like you're getting ahead and then you take two steps back and I think that's really important to build a team around their expertise but also that you know align with your values too and I think that's that's a really important piece for us to all be thoughtful about in approaching that piece of business right like how do we grow and how do we hire and all those good
0: things how do you support like managing and like leading people yes. is is a big job right it sure and is. so you want somebody to be at least showing up excited mm-hmm. and you can just motivate them a little bit versus showing up unexcited and now you've got to pull them just to zero yeah that's a lot of if it's all on you suddenly whereas if somebody's yeah. excited about it it's a cohesive relationship They get you excited, you get them excited. Momentum and motivation follow.
1: Oh my gosh, so, so right. How how do people find you, Diane? How do people work with you if they are looking for support in building and scaling their business in a way that feels right and all the good ways that you have already just demonstrated
0: (laughs) how to do that and how to approach that? So uh, as we mentioned, my podcast is Coffee and Converse. You can find me on all the apps all over the place. If you are looking for help growing, scaling your business, making it work for you, the easiest place to go is diameo.com forward slash growth. And you can book a 25-minute consult call with me and we can work out where do you need to focus and then what does that support look like? It could be a VIP day. It could be regular consulting. And I do also offer a a one-to-team offer as a fractional chief of staff where I'll actually come in and work with your team to help you focus on what you need to do for growth while your team is taken care of. So that's if you want a call. If you just want to hop onto my email list and read all the good growthy stuff, you can go to diamere.com forward slash 2023, 2023. And that'll just be a sign up and you'll get a couple of emails a week. I think the one that went out today was talking about actually growth over time versus looking for that big shoot up and the phases of
1: I love that you are implementing that and I will add that to the show notes because it's just already what we talked about, but in action. So if people want to see how they can use audio in different ways, that's a great place for them to check out and learn more from you as well. Before I let you go, just a couple of fun, uh, quick questions that aren't like super uh, in depth. Are there any great uh, books or podcasts that you're, I'm sure if you're like me at all, I have a bit of a Rolodex and it just really depends. But is there anything that really kind of stands out that is something that's really kind of impacted you in your business
0: uh, lately that you'd like to share? Uh, So one of the things I find myself recommending a lot at the moment to a really wide variety of people, so friends, family, work people, different episodes, is Diary of a CEO, which is uh, hosted by Stephen Bartlett. He is one of the dragons on Dragon's Den here, which is like the sharks on Shark Tank in the US. He does really long, in-depth interviews on a really wide range of topics. So he that's has so some fun. amazing guests. So you can flick around and find the guest or the topic that's really interesting for you. So he's always one of my, my primary recommendations. My number one, when people ask me, like, what business book should I read? I always say mm-hmm. Shoe Dog, which is the Phil Knight story who's the founder of Nike. Uh, it's, it's his autobiography. So it's part amazing hero's journey and part everything you could ever want to know about business all wrapped up into Super. one. I think it's about 10 hours on, uh, on Audible of listening. Oh. It's just magic. Totally
1: checking that out. So that's another interesting question. Do you read or do you listen to books?
0: Uh, it depends. The delineation for me is whether or not So I'm currently doing an MBA in organizational happiness. And so for those books on those topics, I'm often reading because I want to be able to find the stats or the research or highlight something that's harder to do on the go. If it's more just for fun or interest, like I listen to Essentialism, the book by Greg McKeown, every single year, if not more than once a year. And he's always on Audible for me. And I'm just taking away like a little snippet. And then for fiction, I try to read. That's
1: interesting. I think and I think that's, it's kind of like the difference between like having some coffee books, like I have a variety of books on my coffee table as well. But I also have been really kind of uh, playing with audio books this past year, because it's just a fun way to, again, learn on the go. But it can't be anything that I just need to sit down and write notes about. It's just something that, you know, I can go back to, like you said, like, there's a couple of books that I have on audio that I'm like, oh, just like you said, I'm going to re-listen to that this year because it's just, it's not like deep, deep stuff. It's just, or like stuff that we don't know, but it's just gentle reminders mm-hmm. in how to keep moving forward. And that's the other question I was going to ask. How how do you stay so upbeat and motivated and excited to keep uh, pushing, not pushing through, but you know, kind of being a leader in, in this in online industry? Because I do look at you, Diana, as a leader in the online uh, business industry. And how do you, how do you stay motivated and, and excited to keep showing up?
0: I mean, first of all, remember that what you see is, you know, only ever a portion of the picture. I think for me, honestly, my podcast is a great way for me to stay on track mm. because it requires me to show up. You can't turn up for a podcast episode and be like, hi, (laughs) so excited to interview you today. Right. Right. So you have to, you're almost forced to learn like what works for me to bounce me out when I need to do something, when I need to show up, when I need to be perky, what, what is the thing that's going to help me, you know? do that for me it's an 80s dance party so I will put Spotify on so normally before I do something I will put Spotify on and I'll have like a happy dance around the room to some 80s tune and then I'm like pumped up and I'm ready to go I think I have got really good at allowing myself to not be on when I'm not on Mm -hmm. right so if I'm having a day where I'm just not feeling it I will honestly say okay like what's the one thing I need to do today Mm -hmm. and when I've done that one thing I'll like high five myself and and off I'll go and do something else yeah right I think a lot of the ability to maintain that ability to sustain comes from what works for you we're gonna put you right back in the bit in the middle like why am I showing up today is this because somebody else has told me to or because I want to for me one of my strategies you and I have talked about Is I tend to batch my podcasts pretty far out. I stopped recording, I think in August last Mm -hmm. year and I've only just started recording again. So we've had guest interviews the whole time, but I was months ahead because I was feeling burnt out Yeah, and I knew I needed a several months break. So then I go, okay, what strategy can I look at that's going to allow me to have that break, Mm -hmm. but still show up, right? So I think the podcast has been such a learning experience in that and also in showing up even when you don't want to. Yeah. Apple, Apple doesn't care that you are yeah. having a bad day. Like that deadline is there. We were joking before we started recording that I recorded a podcast episode at 8 p.m. the night before it was supposed to go out at 8 a.m. because I just ha- completely forgot that I had a yeah. solo episode that week. Right? You just You just do. And I think that can be applied to a lot of things. Like, have I strategically made this work for me as much as humanly possible? Mm-hmm. And then can I push through or do I need to step back? Yes.
1: So, so important. Look after ourselves because nobody else is going to. Nope. It's so, so powerful and we all need to remind ourselves of that. Stop beating ourselves up. Give ourselves some grace. Uh, lean into the seasons that we have the energy to or the days that we have the energy and the capacity to to do all the things, but, you know lean into the days that we don't and that's okay and that's all right and that's how we keep moving forward thank you so much for your time i appreciate you so much and i know i went over time but there's just so many good conversations we could have so i, I appreciate your time and value it so much thank you diane i hope people uh will reach out and find you on all uh, again i'll have it in the show notes to find you and again thank you so much
0: yes thanks for having me. super fun conversation. I didn't mention my Instagram earlier, but that is at Diane underscore mayor. So if you're listening to this, tag both of us in it. Come say hi in the DMs. Ask questions. Tell me you love audio, all the things. But thank you, Kim. This has been an absolute blast. Thanks so much for listening into the show. It truly means so much to me.
1: You can check out the important links mentioned in today's episode in the show notes, and please join the conversation over on Instagram at May and James Co. I love hearing from you. There are so many great conversations coming up, so please make sure you are subscribed to Apple or Spotify or any of your favorite media players so that you don't miss out. And if you enjoyed the show today, please share and leave a review and a rating because it helps us so very much. Until next time.